Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 116 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm just calling this episode Activision Blizzard. There's nothing creative about this episode. It's very depressing, but I want to remind everybody out there that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com. Monday morning at 7 a.m., go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, at gmail.com, write me a, uh, an email, let me know what you think of the show, or you could subscribe on Apple iTunes or the uh, Apple Podcast app or the Google Play Store, or you can find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe. So go to those places and subscribe to the show and let me know what you think. And this is not a good episode. Um, I'm bringing Avon on from the uh, Grief of Politics podcast because we talk about political stuff all the time, and this is a local political thing, and it also has to do with gaming. If you guys haven't heard... Uh, Activision Blizzard was sued by the state of California. Uh, They have been investigating them for two years and brought charges against them for sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, and, um, I don't know, pay discrepancies. So, um, yeah. Are are you there, Avin? I am here, yes. I take it you're recording? Everything's good? Yes. Okay. You barely got done with the articles, or I—I I mean, I can read a little bit while you're. I think you're finishing up the last article now, right? Should I read the other articles while you're finishing up the last one? I can do that. Yeah, if you want to go outline those real quick, and I'll have uh, finished this by the time we're done there. So I'm just going to uh, read. This is just the first couple paragraphs of a Bloomberg Law article that came out on July 21st, 2021, uh, and it was written by. Uh, Maeve Alsup, uh, she's a legal reporter with Bloomberg. It says, video game giant Activision Blizzard Incorporated, maker of games including World of Warcraft and Diablo, fosters a frat boy culture in which female employees are subject to constant sexual harassment, unequal pay, and retaliation, according to a lawsuit filed by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. A two-year investigation by the state agency found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms of conditions of employment, employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. Company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation, the agency said. Um... According to the complaint filed Tuesday in the Los Angeles Count Superior Court, female employees make up around 20% of the Activision workforce and are subject, uh, subjected to a, per, quote, pervasive frat boy workplace culture, uh, um, end quote, uh, including, quote, cube crawls uh, in which males employees, quote, drink co- copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles and offices and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. Uh, so that's kind of setting up this whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So you finished that article, Evan. What do you think about the charge leveled by the state of California? Reading that, uh, that original, um, just the first story, I guess, on the docket. So initially, like, you listen to this, and, and it's one of those things, at least from my experience and knowledge of the gaming industry as a whole um by reputation these allegations seem extremely believable uh i I would hate for it to be true uh one because you know uh, blizzard has made so many games that i've loved in my life and so it would be uh really unfortunate that my money has gone to support this type of culture uh and, and behavior uh, reality of it is, of course, we never know. And, and there's been so many companies that all of us have participated in where we bought products without knowing what it's supporting on the back end. Right. But, uh, you know, in this modern culture that we live in, uh, as we grow as a society and as we grow in valuing women uh, for contributing to the workplace, contributing to the household, contributing in society and culture, uh, to see that this kind of thing can still happen is just really sad and disturbing and for as far as these allegations are true i really hope that something happens um obviously california has been doing this investigation for quite a long time you and i talked about it last night that they've been investigating for over two years so i would hope that they have some really good and and solid evidence um but 
you know, obviously yeah. we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. So just as a side note, many of the podcasts I listen to, and I've been searching YouTube, and obviously I look at gaming stuff, so I get fed a lot of gaming. You know, the algorithm God feeds me a lot of gaming-related stuff. There's been a lot of streamers that stream WoW that are like, well, I'm quitting. Uh, one guy on uh, Massively Overpowered, uh, uh, it's an MMO website, they have a podcast. I uh, Something happened and I wasn't able to listen to their new episode when they talk about it, but there's a columnist there that writes about uh, WoW Classic because he went mm. back, obviously, and been playing it. He just released a statement saying, I'm no longer going to cover WoW Classic. Um, Justin Oliveri, I think is his name. And so there's a lot of people leaving World of Warcraft and not covering it. Some small outlets, too, uh, have said we're not going to cover Blizzard games anymore, you know. Uh, so that's really going to hit them. You know, you don't get coverage here a game. It doesn't spread the word about them. So uh, let me read the uh, J. Allen Brack, who's the um, – he's the um, – I guess he's like the CEO. I don't know his original Bl- Of title. Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, because it mm, – Oh, president. It, he's Blizzard's president, J. Allen Brack. Yeah. Um, he, Bobby Kodak I don't want to re- the CEO of Activision yeah, Blizzard. I don't want to read the whole letter um, because if you read the letter, it does really feel. Um, I mean, it it feel it feels very PR, right? Like he has to say, like, I'll just. Um, this is just a statement of the letter that came out. This was published in MMORPG, a website. You know, they cover MMOs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is written by Joseph Bradford. It was updated uh, July 24th, 2021. Uh, it was originally posted uh, July 23rd, 2021. But uh, there's, they basically go into the original story, and then there's just a section of the thing that they cover J. Allen Brack's full memo. But I think this is just a really weird part of the letter that he wrote. Again, go read. I mean, you can just do a web search and find his response to this. But um, this is him talking about everything this is a quote from his letter it's it's like in the middle of the letter because i read the whole thing but this is just the middle stepping back when i talked with bobby kodak about taking this job one of the first things i mentioned was a revered saint of the brock household gloria steinem growing up the value of women in which women is misspelled in this letter uh women as equals understanding the work that has been done for equal treatment and the fact that there is still much to do uh were com uh were common themes this is just one of the reasons why the fight for equality is incredibly important to me. People with different backgrounds, views, and experiences are essential for Blizzard, our teams, and our player community. I disdain bro culture and have spent my career fighting against it. Now, it has been noted in several articles that J. Allen Brack and one other employee, um, Asif Arabi, I think that's how to say his name, they have both been mentioned by name in the lawsuit. So the, there's this culture, a bro culture, but they specifically have been named as either being discriminatory or just kind of like keeping the door open or turning a blind eye, whatever phrase you want to use. Um, So a lot of people say that this statement and especially this middle part about Gloria Steinem seems to be more PR than actual, uh, you know, no, no action. I'll talk. No action basically is what a lot of people have said online. Because again, um, when your name specifically in the lawsuit, of course, you're going to come out and go, oh, I just saying all this, and I'm deeply hurt that all of this is happening. Um, so there's that. So I, I take it you read this article. You got through this one? Yeah. Um, the only one that I haven't finished is the IGN article, and it's just really long. Yeah, it's. I, I read it this morning. It was very, very long. And I have I have something I'm going to spring on you uh, towards the end, which is kind of an ancillary. Yeah, he's doing the shock face, everybody. But reading oh, wait, his Sorry, thing- I should have gone. <gasps> yeah, yeah, it's audio podcast. Um, so listening to this and at least reading that part of his statement, what did you feel reading the, you know, section of a statement about, you know, bro culture and Gloria Steinem and, uh, I mean, the hope is, you know, maybe he's right. Uh, as you go further down in this article, they actually also quote the response from, I think someone in their legal team, uh, Oh, is that Fran, uh, Fran? Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's part of like the CEO team or whatever, like one of the senior C-suite. Yeah, the C-suite people, an executive within the company. Yeah. Um, you know, you read through that and you would hope uh, it's a uh, chief compliance officer Fran Townsend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I did want to read that. That's a whole other can of worms. We could talk for another half hour on uh, her. The, 
the the big thing she says in there is um, uh, stating da, 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 da. she claims in the memo that the lawsuit presents a picture that is distorted and untrue, stating that it brings up quote factually incorrect and out of context stories, some from more than a decade ago. Close quote. I would like to hope that that's true. Um, right. I I honestly don't think it's true. Now, there's a mix of this, of course. Um, abuses in the gaming industry are are broadly discussed and known. Uh, you know, people want to get into the gaming industry so much that they will deal with being treated like dirt. Mm-hmm. So they can stay in the industry. Yeah, that and was something get into you, the industry. That was something that was brought up too. As a quick aside, a lot of people have brought up. Imagine how much better these games that we play would be if people did not have to deal with this on a constant basis of being harassed or just the like the harassment part aside. Just people wasting time drinking at work, not working. You know, stuff like that is you know like. Well, and it, I, I really honestly have to wonder too, right? Like. If this is what's going on, like what percentage of the workforce is just okay with it and turning a blind eye because they're living their dream job? They've got yeah. their job doing game design, doing, right. um, you know, engines, back end, whatever they're doing. That like they're part of making these things that they grew up with and that they loved. Um, so you know, how many people are downplaying it? Like ah, it's really not that bad. How many of these women have just kind of pushed it off and pushed it off and pushed it off? If the accusations are true, because they're doing what they love and they just want to be there so much, so much, so much. The other aspect of it, though, for me is is like, you know, later on in the other articles, are going to talk about it. You and I talked about this too. Was the kind of the discussion of walkouts, of unionization, of yeah. crunch time? I mean, yeah. and, and how much writing has been done in the gaming world over the last. I don't know, five, ten years about crunch time and, and finishing up games and getting games in and um, just the assumption you are going to do this or right. you're out of the job. Uh, it, it, that's just pervasive in an industry like this. And if the right. big guys can do it, like what's to stop the smaller players from doing it? Uh, funny note, this is just uh, an aside. There was a game that came out last year called Hades. It was done by a smaller developer. They've released several games. They've released Bastion. They've released uh, Pyre. They've released um, uh, Transistor. All won awards, made money. Hades won Game of the Year through many people, uh, through many outlets. I think GDC. Anyway, it won a lot of awards. It made a lot of money. And they made a public statement. They said, we did not crunch on this game. We worked 40 hours a week. We had the game in early access. We took in feedback. It took us two years or three years to develop the game. And we shipped it, and we didn't work overtime. So there is this thing of smaller teams. Uh, Slime Rancher was another game that's an independent game that's on the Epic Store. It's like a Pokemon game from what I can see. The trailers I've seen, I haven't played it. Uh, I played Hades. But Slime Rancher was another one. The developers came out and said, we did not crunch making this game. So it is possible. Um, to and do it's that. such a big deal in the industry that individual gaming developers have can publicly come out and say we didn't crunch, we didn't participate in this thing right. in our culture, right. uh, which is is sad for an industry as a whole. So you know, part of me has to wonder, like maybe maybe Fran Tanzen's accusations or statements that like, hey, this is old stuff, like we've worked hard to fix this, is accurate. Maybe they've taken care of a lot of that. But well, they're still uh, doing the crunch time and they're still mistreating yeah. their employees and that's why they're walking out. Because it, for me, I really want to believe the accusations just based off of the uh, incense um, uh, of their employees at the response. Like, was it something like a thousand employees walked out or something? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they had the full number because they said... They, they, they uh, took photos from... That's actually in the RG, IGN article that's next. Uh, they talk about when they walked out, which I don't want to read the whole thing. You're right. It's very long, but I just want to take some of the poll quotes, you know, the ones in bold that are like 20 font. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, one employee said, uh, um, we had the illusion that every voice matters. We had the illusion of the values. They were good values, but they were very much used by some people. Uh and then another one is uh, World of Warcraft makes money. So the people at the top of World of Warcraft are untouchable, which means they get away with lots of shit. 
So, um, one hundred percent believe it. Yeah, and then and then there's another one from a woman. Men would walk into the breastfeeding room. There was no way to lock the door. They would just stare, and I would have to scream at them to leave. Um. Uh, oh, and then someone, another poll quote, up until this lawsuit broke, most people weren't talking about the problems at Blizzard in the same way they are now, which is important. Um, and then uh, right here, like this kind of goes into your quote. I think it's really easy to groom people who are vulnerable financially, who really believe that what they're doing is good. So it's the idea that, yeah, you got your, your, your um, you know, you got your... Um, job in game development so everything is fine you know uh mm-hmm. you know there is also in this report um i didn't really want to talk about it but it's pretty dark that apparently there was someone being harassed so much uh she was on a work trip and she committed uh, suicide uh allegedly uh one of the people that was harassing her was on the work trip and it was just one of those i don't know how to phrase it but it was basically like she had to go with him uh and she had just um had enough i guess uh couldn't take it anymore and and Um, you know they go into detail in the articles and they talk a little bit about the harassment that she had been going through and and yeah i mean it's understandable and it's extremely unfortunate that um the company had pushed that hard or not that hard but the the company didn't protect its people better right that they allowed that level of culture to persist yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, as an aside, I haven't played a Blizzard game in a long time. Um, not only, I think they mishandled the Hong Kong thing with um, Blitzchung like a year ago, two years ago, probably longer. There was the Hearthstone thing where he was like freedom for Hong Kong, and that's all he said. Mm. Blizzard is owned, Tencent owns a little bit of Blizzard Activision or something, and so they clamped down. Blitzchung was excised from the competition he was in. Uh, they took away his money or something. It was a big thing. Jalen Breck said, oh, yeah, we should have handled that differently, like at the next year's BlizzCon, and then kind of moved on. And it was kind of after that I was like, oh, this is all lip service. So I stopped playing Blizzard games. But on top of it, um, the quality of their games has gone down recently in years. Um, you know, it seems like every World of Warcraft expansion, the fans kind of don't like it as much. It doesn't hit the same way. They've been delaying patches for the new World of Warcraft. Uh, Classic is giving them money. Uh, World of Warcraft 3 reforged the uh, RTS. They re-released it. Uh, There was an article that came out a while ago that said basically the team asked for more money and time and was not given that time and money. And so they had to do certain things uh, or couldn't do certain things that they promised in the pre-release version to the launch version. So, um, And they also, the weird thing about that game is you can't play the original world of warcraft 3 because of the way they remade it if you go to the blizzard launcher uh um battle.net and try to download it they've rewritten the code so all you can download is the uh, reforged version you can't play the original one unless you have like a disk drive or something and disconnect it from the internet which is kind of hard if you're playing an rts against people online so it's like this weird thing where they you know and then diablo 4 i have no idea when that's coming out like overwatch 2 eh. like overwatch is a massive deal don't get me wrong but like overwatch 2 the messaging has been weird they finally came out with a like a like a presentation a while back and said okay this is what you're getting which was nice but like it just seems like all this stuff is hitting differently and um so that's kind of like that but what i wanted to spring upon you ubisoft a year ago went through something very similar i don't know if you know about that so yeah. ubisoft uh, basically, some people uh, wrote a letter, and um, you know they wanted all this stuff to change. Yves Guillemont, who's the uh, head of Ubisoft, he's the owner, like it's his family, I guess, that owns a controlling share of Ubisoft, said, yes, we hear you are trying to make changes. So when all this started to happen, um, I'm not going to read the whole letter, but Ubisoft wrote a letter saying, we stand with Blizz- Activision Blizzard. Uh, you know, it was signed by what 500 employees, I believe, or a thousand employees, just like, and they said, We want change, and basically outlined the same things 
that Blizzard wanted. You know, we want active change. So Yves Gamont sent out an email to everybody saying, we hear you. Again, I'm just um, paraphrasing all this because I want to get to the meat, which I'm actually going to read the quote. So Yves Gamont wrote another letter internally to the you know employees of Activision. It went out company-wide. And basically, we hear you. We have made changes. We've given new training. We have new reporting tools. We've let some people go. We're trying to make changes. And the employee said, made another, they wrote another letter. And I'm just going to read this whole thing because there's something in here that's very important. So, Avin, you just get to listen to this because, again, this is what I'm, I'm springing on you in the middle of this podcast. Uh, this is from the employees. It's in a response to Yves Gamon's Yves Gamon letter. It says, to the management of Ubisoft, we want to say that we have read and acknowledged the public response and the message from Eves tonight. It seems, however, that the majority of our demands were sidelined and few of our points have been addressed. We are aware that the company has made some improvements, and we are happy to hear that Eves and the leadership team agree that it is not enough. However, Ubisoft continues to protect and promote known offenders and their allies. We see management continuing to avoid the issue. It is also worth clarifying that an invitation to reach out to the company management personally is not the same as having a collective seat at the table. We look forward to a full response to all of our issues raised and all of our demands. And these are bullet points. Stop promoting and moving known offenders from studio to studio, team to team, with no repercussions. This cycle needs to stop. We want a collective seat at the table to having meaningful say in how Ubisoft as a company moves forward from here cross-industry collaboration to agree to a set of ground rules and processes that all studios should um, should can use to handle these offenses in the future this collaboration must heavily involve employees in non-management positions and union representation Whew. by being the first to start this collaboration ubisoft has an opportunity to be at the forefront of creating a better future for the gaming industry we demand this work that this work be done in collaboration with all with employees at all levels. We want to see real fundamental change within Ubisoft and across our industry for the sake of the, our members. Again, we look forward to a response that addresses all the issues raised and properly acknowledges our demands. Now, the reason I bring that up is you and I have talked privately, and I think a lot of people have talked about unionization. One of the stories I did not read was the fact that Activision Blizzard has hired a firm that has been known to help Amazon bust unions, which we talked privately before this when I wanted to have you on the show, and you were right. Uh, Amazon did not vote to unionize. There was a, a plant in Alabama, and they decided not to unionize, which I don't understand, but that was their choice. But this is amazing that a, a group of developers is saying, we want a collective seat at the table, which to me means unionization. So I don't know what that's going to turn into. Um. So, uh, first off, just sort of reference to it, the, the third article, uh, or fourth article that we haven't brought up yet was in uh, Kotaku, written by Mike Fahey uh, uh, on Thursday. So that would have been the 29th of July. Just says Thursday at 1 p.m. Um, and, and they're talking about uh, Blizzard Activision or Activision Blizzard has hired um, Wilmer Hale, which is right. this law firm that, that talked about that Amazon yes. had hired. Uh, it's got a long-standing past in um, uh, kind of deeply ingrained government activity. Um, it specifically with uh, the Amazon workers in Alabama that Wilmer Hale's advertised anti-union services and they were actively campaigning against uh, unionization uh, the uh, endeavors there obviously worked because the warehouse did not in Alabama did not vote to unionize the situation in the gaming industry um, there there isn't a union option right uh, oh, not right now yeah like I just I can't think of and maybe I'm wrong you're closer to the gaming industry than I am as far as like knowledge and information actually you game way more than I do as well uh, yeah. the the gaming industry as a whole I don't know if there's any actual union representation at any company at the there moment. is uh, no I've heard of some journalists some gaming journalists being unionized 
Hmm. A GMO is but, uh, one of them. But that's journalists, right? That's not the actual developers. Right. And there's a couple different ways that it could go, right? I mean, you don't necessarily have to be unionized to have a seat at the table for directing the company. Like, one of the things that they could do is they could give, um, like, company ownership via stock to the non-management employees within Ubisoft. Right. And then they would have voting control uh, in, a, in a publicly traded company. I don't know if Ubisoft is publicly traded, but it sounds like yeah. the family that owns it yeah, owns because they, they almost had, share. They almost had a buyout from, like, Vividia, where there was some Vividia company trying to buy out Ubisoft, and they were going to, like, people that had smaller percentages of shares and buying up the shares so they had a controlling interest to kind of buy out the Gimol family. Eves, I think his brother. There's a couple family members on the board. Uh, Eves Gimol is like the CEO or the owner or the co-founder so or whatever. So if you're a publicly traded company, right, like you have to go to shareholders to, to do voting. And if the family controls it, like they're going to ultimately decide where it goes. But if the employees have a large share of the stock of the company, like they're going to have a, a voice with the board because they're going to be right. voting uh, in the shareholder votes. The, that's one way to do it. I mean, obviously a union is going to have a little bit more um, clout because yeah. it, it comes about in a different way. But of course, unions come with their own disadvantages as well. Uh, I think if they form their own union and structure and build it the way they want it built, as opposed to using a pre-built one, they could really do something really... There is organizations um, out there, which that's something I could have pulled. But several years ago, you know, this always comes up every few years. It's sad. But there was some organizations out there that were trying to build a, work, a gamers, like workers union. And mm-hmm. they were trying to get people. And it was always something like they talked about. People were upset, but they didn't do anything. And I think it's because it seemed to be. From what I read, it was like at conventions, they obviously could have space there. It seemed very mixed. It was different developers from different studios, maybe some small, maybe some large, and it was kind of talked about in back rooms. Mm. Uh, this seems is such a big deal because it seems like these companies or the employees inside these major companies, these are two of the biggest gaming companies you know, in the world. Mm. If mm. they're the ones pushing for it, uh, it's pretty amazing you know, if it happens. <laughs> And, and this is a, a little bit out of character for me because you know me pretty well from our grief politics and just our friendship as a whole. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not what I would call fully anti-union. I think unions perform good functions, but I think the majority of unions in the United States have morphed into these creatures uh, and corporations that are not what they were ever intended to be, and it's formed large levels of corruption and... Uh, its own level of employee manipulation separate from the corporation that they're trying to protect the, the members from. Um, which is why I say, like, if it were done correctly, if they formed the union in the right way to protect the employees, um, to bring it to the bargaining table uh, without some of the other failings and other, like, common unions, like our conversation we recently had about police unions and, and how much they protect uh, officers. Um right. The, um, the the gaming industry could have some real meaningful uh, reform. Of course, OSHA rules and regulations uh, generally don't apply in gaming, right? Because right. it's like, white collar. It's exactly these these developers aren't doing um, manual labor, or they're not working in heavy industrial environments where things right. could really go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so there aren't rules like when I manage truck drivers, my drivers were not unionized. But they still had to follow uh, all of the federal safety rules and regulations. My drivers yeah. couldn't work more than 70 hours in a seven-day rolling period. They had to have a certain number of hours off between each shift. They had to have a certain reset period in, in every seven-day rolling period. Like Those kinds of protections don't exist for basically any white-collar type of work. Right. Um, at least that I'm aware of. And, and Yeah, I mean, I'm not aware of any either. Like, I think this, um, like a lot of people have commented that I read and listen to, uh, this may be a tipping point. It's so many people, and the companies are so big. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't a, and it's happened so much. Again, Ubisoft had the same thing happen about this time last year. Uh, and 
I didn't bring it in, but an article is it also. Now some shareholders of Activision Blizzard are suing Activision Blizzard because it breaks the federal uh, trading uh, disclosure. Basically, it's um, it's basically like they feel that they were being defrauded because, as a, an aside, like like you and I talked about, if people are doing this on a regular basis, they're not working on the games. They're not being fiduciary. Uh, they're not being uh, responsible. Fiscally responsible to their shareholders, right? They're letting this stuff go by. And it's like, you're just wasting time, you know? So I think there's been, I want to say at least two lawsuits now brought up against Activision Blizzard from shareholders, uh, probably more. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, I guess this is the question. Uh, I mean, will you, because a lot of people bring this up. Okay, so you stop covering Blizzard, you stop buying their games. There's a lot of people at Blizzard that want, like you said, they got their dream job, they have to put up with this, but they really want to make a good game. And if you don't buy that, or you know, you don't buy the game, or you don't pay for a subscription for World of Warcraft, or you don't cover their games, then it's hurting them. You know, so it's like this: you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, because uh, basically what usually happens in business if something underperforms they will just lay people off and especially in gaming when a project is done like i remember reading about square enix when they rebooted tomb raider one of them i don't know if it was the first reboot or the second reboot they go well it only sold three million copies so it's kind of a failure or whatever it was and it's like three million copies is a failure so like what's going to happen to blizzard when you're like no you know the numbers for world of warcraft dipped you know, we, we, we can't, you know, we can't keep these people on, you know. And expect, I think it was last year, too, Activision Blizzard laid off like 100, at least 100 people, if not more, um, because of, you know, like in the esports division, because of COVID. There was other reasons they laid off people in different departments. And that was the same year it was reported that Bobby Kotick got more stock options. And so a lot of people say, oh, I get laid off, but you get another golden yacht. You know, and so I know you don't game a lot, and like you said, you haven't played a Blizzard game in a while. But like, what do you what do you think, looking from the outside? What would you do to, um, you know, if you want, like me, like I already know my answer. But what would you do, saying if you were a big Blizzard fan right now? What what would you do? What what would you? I mean, so first off, I, I'm I tend to not be very knee-jerk in the situation, right? Like, yep. we we don't have all the data. We have accusations. Admitting there's a lot of accusations, and there's yeah. a lot of anecdotal evidence that's true. Um, I, well, I am well, inclined I think... oh, go ahead. to believe it. Well, well, the thing that I think makes this slightly different is this is, I mean, I believe people when they come forward, because I think to come forward in a situation like this in a normal, like, last year with Ubisoft, I think there was, um, you know, it was allegations of people come forward, and it takes a lot to come forward. Yep. But because there's no, there's forced arbitration, so you can't come forward, you can't sue these companies, you know, you sign NDAs, you sign arbitration clauses. Just to come forward, that sometimes has to take place of a lawsuit. But I think this is different because it's an actual lawsuit by the state of California. It is not somebody on Twitter saying, you know, I had a really bad experience at Blizzard. Everybody else, if you did too, share. Now, that is happening, but it's because mm. of the lawsuit that was brought about by the state of California. This is a feeling that we'll get more information as this goes along because you'll get more sources. So, as I say, my, my typical response is to not be knee-jerk and just say, oh, well, I'm done with Blizzard. I'm not buying any of their games anymore. Right. Everything's done, right? Like, if we had done that when Amber Heard accused... Uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp of, of, like, abuse and rape. We would have all been eating crow because came out that she made it all up. Apparently, yeah, much of it was fabricated. Denise suit. Well, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm going off on the weeds, but what I'm saying is, is, like, we we get into these camps where we support people or, or um, you know, organizations that we're fans of, and we find out that we're wrong. Uh, I believe completely that these accusations have all the possibility of being true. Uh, right. and, and I am inclined to believe what's being said. It's, it's a really sticky situation 
because it's the double-edged sword, right? Like, if you quit buying the product, you're punishing the employees. Right. Uh, now, part of that, employees within these organizations are the ones perpetrating these harassments, uh, behaviors. It's not just coming from management. Management's turning a blind eye to employees that are doing this. Right. And fellow employees are turning a blind eye or not being able to. Actually, one of the things that's discussed in the uh, Kotaku article is that uh, there's really no place to go internally in the company to file complaints because they are not unionized. And the HR is basically inept, is kind of one of the accusations from Well, and the thing they always say, the HR is there to protect the company, not the employee. That's what Uh, a lot of people brought up in the article. I didn't see that, but you and I have talked about that before. And, And again, that's the thing where people are like, well, I can't do that. And then simultaneously, if that's the case, and I've heard of organizations where this kind of thing happens, if you're the person that goes and makes a complaint, if that's the reputation internally in the company, then you become the the thorn in the side that they want to get rid of right um you're not the squeaky wheel that gets greased you're yeah you know the floater that gets flushed right uh so it's really hard to kind of gauge at this point i i have a feeling that uh activision blizzard is is going to get in a lot of trouble and they're going to have a very huge fine and a massive amount of responsibility to go back and take care of employees. Well, um, go ahead. For those employees that stay, because, I mean, from what you and I were talking about yesterday, it sounds like there's uh, a pretty large amount of people that are bailing. Yeah, there's a brain drain, is what I've read. There's been several articles uh, from um, IGN wrote articles, uh, Bloomberg, Jason Schreier's, a really good journalist that you know tracks down has lots of sources. He's written two novels about the game industry. Uh, really good track record. He's written about you know, you know. I believe that there's like a big brain drain going on. Um, it's just one of those things where you know where like these people aren't going to be able to go anywhere. You know, and 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 it's it's one of those things where there's going to be so many. Because, again, there's a lot of people that want to develop games, but, like, you need that senior just knowledge base to be like, okay, this is what we do. And especially I've been here for 10 years. This is the process we would go through to get this done. And if you don't have that, you know, then things really fall apart. You know, I think for me, the way I look at it is um, I haven't really bought Blizzard products in a while. I mean, what I said before you know, they, they screwed up, and I think they messaged the thing, and they did the wrong thing. No matter what I feel about Hong Kong, uh, someone should be able to say something on a mic and not get kicked out of Like, he didn't say anything hurtful to anybody. You know, he even said, by showing his face, if you look at the Blix Chung, whatever, by showing his face, he said, I've made myself a target because at the time Hong Kong was having protests. They were going after protesters and arresting them. There was a lot of controversy around that. At that so time. he and he basically said, yeah, and he said by me putting my face on this, like I've made myself a target. So someone yeah. like that says something like that, and then you're like, well, you don't get any money, you're booted out of the competition, blah blah blah, and then and then Blizzard pretty much comes back at the BlizzCon and says, yeah, we should have done better. It's like there's been nothing that's happened. You know, it took weeks late. I think it was like a around that time they had to give him his money back, which really just seemed like a mea culpa you know, for like screwing up. It didn't seem like they learned anything. It, it, it seemed like they just took a PR hit and we're like, we need to get some good faith back from people. So we're going to give him his money back and hopefully he'll shut up, you know? And, and I kind of read all that and was like, yeah, I'm done. I, and two, to be honest, I like, I loved World of Warcraft back in the day. I jumped back into classic and I had that feeling of grind. We've all played games where you log in and you go, well, this is fun, and I get value out of this. I'm playing Marvel's Avengers, which is the most grindy game that I've played in a long time, but I turn the sound off and I listen to a podcast and I punch robots. It's really great. It's cathartic. But I, times, yeah, it's, yeah, you're making the punching fist. The punching fist. Um, but at times, I don't. Like, I take big breaks from that. One thing with Classic is obviously you're paying every month, so you have that gym membership mentality, the, the idea that, oh, I'm, I'm not paying. paying for it. I should use it. I should use it. But every time I would log in, you just feel that weight of the grind of like, oh, my character runs slower and I have to go through this zone again. And like, what end I mean, am I going to again? What is like all I those. I quit playing WoW before most of you guys. I mean, 
what Ben went back like three different times and, and yeah kept, well like, he back, made fun back. of me one of those times I, get, I bought him the game again so it was kind of my fault I was like the dealer in town. I know I was like the dealer in town it's like hey a new expansion's out um, but no I just felt that grind again and it was just like what am I doing like there's so many other games there's so many other experiences I could do you know that's one thing I, I find really weird if you're a gamer the one thing I'm not going to say it annoys me, but I'm kind of disheartened by is when you hear gamers on podcasts go, well, I don't really have time to sink into an MMO. And I'm like, you played Destiny for 800 hours. Like you can take a, like 10 hours out of that 800, not play Destiny and try a new experience and a new game, not just an MMO, but any new game. Like I do that every year where I'll play like a JRPG and I don't really like our JRPGs, but I'll try it. I'll do a racing game. Um, I'm going to play an RTS with you this October. I'll probably have you back on the show because I want to talk about Age of Empires 3 when it comes out. It's going to be on PC. You and I I can play against each other. You're probably going to kick my butt, but I'm going to see how my crappy civilization does against your incredibly superior army and be like, well, that was fun. I got whooped, but I'm doing it again. It's stuff like that. I'm 40, so I am am not an 18-year-old Korean kid. I'm not as good at uh, RTS as I used to be. And I only say that because it's like the 18, 19, 20-year-old Korean kids that always win the Starcraft. No, it's tournament. it's true. Like, Well, because they have blazing fast internet as well. So, like, And they, I heard their com- their, the country of South Korea had to like throttle internet after a certain time because people were just on it all the time. So they would actually turn it down nationally like at 2 a.m. or whatever the time was. They'd ratchet everything down because they're like, you guys need to sleep. There were stories about people not sleeping and stuff like that and playing and, you know. Interesting. Yeah, I got to find that article, but I, that blew my mind. You know, there was like one or two bad Government stories. Government intervention to get people to quit gaming. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. Um, we're nationally slowing you down. You're gaming too much, South yeah. Korea. Yeah, there there was a thing with like one of the Final Fantasies. I think it was uh, 14 before it got rebooted where they were they were doing that because they wanted people... They were basically hurting you for gaming more, which was weird. But it was the same thing of like, hey, it's the Nintendo thing. If you've ever played a Nintendo device like the 3DS, where it would just send you a thing going, you be pl- you've been playing an hour. Take a break. And you're like, listen, Nintendo, I already have two parents. I don't need you to tell me when to quit playing. I'm going to keep playing Mario Land. You know, leave me alone. They're concerned about your health, Joe. I mean, they probably should be, but. Um, Because if you don't live as long, you can't buy more games. That's right. That's right. So I guess I guess we've just aped the grief of politics uh, format for this episode. But, you know, we do talk about local politics and national politics. And this is a political thing, you know, a possible union forming around gaming. And this lawsuit, again, that's not to take away from the other allegations. But this being a lawsuit that was conducted over two years gives more merit. It's a lawsuit. Based on two years of investigation. Right. Meaning that, again, even the most conservative pundit I listen to in the gaming space is like, you know, I'd say that these people have something if they're willing to take so much time and gather so much information. I don't think this is a conservative versus liberal ideology in this case, though. I mean, admitting that conservative, Republican kind of uh, pundits have a tendency to lean towards trusting the business, but... I mean, the reality of it is if the business did something wrong, then the business needs to fix it. I mean, uh, Tesla recently came out. Uh, it might have been Elon Musk point blank actually was the one that came out. They recently settled on a lawsuit where Tesla had been uh, had pushed software out to like 1,800. It was a little bit less than 1,800 Model S's Yeah. that reduced their maximum battery capacity. And oh, I think the I... owners sued. And they won. And I think it was Elon that basically came out and said, hey, look, we're going to fight every single lawsuit uh, fiercely. But if we're in the wrong, we're going to own it. And uh, in this case, they were like, yeah, we totally did it. We shouldn't have done it. We sent the software out to fix it and and we're going to pay for it. Um, And I think that's a responsible thing to do. The gaming industry as a whole has gotten away with this for so long. I mean, did you watch that... uh, um, the special on Atari, the documentary on Atari a few years ago, where like the guy was going around trying to find the uh, ET game. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was in a landfill apparently. Like the yeah, because they had to climb. bury copies of ET because it was like the, one of the biggest boondoggles. In... Supposedly, they buried it in this um, 
landfill or something. The landfill, and they had buried this game because it was so bad that they buried all the unsold copies. And there's a whole documentary where I think it's Ernest Klein that does it, and he goes through and he's doing that, but he's also investigating the industry, and they're interviewing these original like Atari developers uh, about the industry, and it was totally a bro culture back then too. Oh, I can't even imagine in like the late seventies, early eighties, like whenever you know the mid 70s whenever they were doing i i don't atari was my first system so i'm a little sketchy on the timeline but uh what was it like like nolan but people have come out and said stuff about nolan bush now about he was incredibly chauvinistic it was not good they gave an award to one of the original female coders at atari and she said he was not a good person but he they were good oh they were going to give him an award, and then women came forward and said, he's a not a good – you shouldn't give him an award. And he came forward and said, I was a terrible person back then. I apologize. Don't give me the award. Give it to these women that were in the company that were code. Like, it was one of those things of, like, this, uh, you know, it's stuff like that where I'm like, well, maybe you should give him, you know, tip of the hat at least because at least he's saying I was a bad person back then. I, you know, made – you know, give it – like, I, I'm definitely improved. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, give it to these women, you know, that to me says more, that's an action, you know, this whole blizzard thing of like, you know, this is meritless, you know, oh, we hear you, you know, I'm a big fan of Gloria Steinem. It's like, yeah, where are you? Cause like how, how often, I mean, honestly, how often in the world of business in the United States, really honestly, like globally, any major corporation, like how often do you see, um, a top level executive, not defend their company in the public with this kind of rhetoric though right when was the last time you actually saw a top level executive come out and do something honest and be like hey look like we're gonna fight this tooth and nail but if it comes out it's real we're gonna go after and fire these people it doesn't matter who you are you're out the door if we find it to be true because unfortunately like especially in these accusations like it's the president of blizzard that is one of the people who's called out flat out like he's not gonna be like uh of course I defended these people. Like, they pay my paycheck. Yeah, They're our cash cow. Why, why would I not protect them? I, th- I think, you know, there, I don't think there's any easy answers. I've heard a lot of people talk about this over the last week in podcasts, or two weeks, I would say. Mm. And there's no easy answers, and I think you have to kind of chart your own course. For me, I'm not really going to purchase any more Blizzard products. If there's one that I see, I might donate to a union organization. Like, I'll reach out to those union organizations that are trying to... Um, you know, start gamers union, maybe I'll give them a donation so they can go to a convention and print some flyers or something. To me, that seems somewhat equitable of like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm trying to support the people that deserve it. I don't want to support, you know, the company fully, but I understand that's not how money works. I can't be like these $2 go to this person and this dollar goes like, there's no way that works that way. But what I can do is say, although I'm giving you guys money, I'm also giving money to this organization that I think will do good things. You know, it's like, for me, that's what I have to do. And that's the really difficult part in this for me, right? Like one, like I haven't bought a new game in so long. Like, it's not even a, mo- a, a real question to ask me. Like, what are you going to do about support? I'm shaking my head right Blizzard? now. This is totally done. I mean... Are you going to do Age of Empires? You're going to do that, uh, right? we got to do that. we got to do that. I will do Age of Empires. Yeah, it there you go. one of my all-time absolute favorites. The last game I bought, Joe, was when I built my computer specifically for this game. And that was uh, a Blizzard game because it was Diablo 3. Ah. Well, and Diablo 3 was not- that's not true. The last game I bought was Civilization VI because it came out after Diablo. That's right. That's right. Well, there you go. Um, and that's the game pretty much that I play primarily on my computers. The only other game that I play actively right now is uh, uh, Magic the Gathering Arena on my phone. I know. We've been over this. I know that you've been playing it on your phone. That, and, that's and, right. And, that, and I might actually give them some money. I'm debating. I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's, oh. it's not free to... It's not, um, what is it, uh, pay to win. Right. Like, you can keep playing. Well, you just get, like, different card sleeves for that game. So it's pretty cool. You know, you're like, oh, well, I want the gravestone card sleeves or whatever. You can buy into tournaments and other stuff, too. And that's oh. where I'm like, uh, Yeah, but you can still lose in that tournament, though. That's the thing. You buy in, and then you can still get stomped. Like, And there are some cash prizes they're giving out that aren't small. That's pretty good. I was well, just I- looking at it. Well, that's just, like I was saying, I play Mar- Marvel's Avengers, which is like the most grindy of grind games. But mm. that is a games of a service that doesn't have a monthly fee. 
I bought that game for 60 bucks when it came out like a year ago or mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, and I haven't spent any money on it. So they had a sale where they were selling skins for different heroes, and I was like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm going to spend $30 and get some skins because, you know, I've had at least 100 hours playing this game of just beating up robots, and I get frustrated and mad. There's lag. Sometimes my teammates don't revive me, but I still get to punch robots. Uh, one of them looked very Northwestern. They put Thor in a um, flannel outfit with a beanie. And uh, my wife came in and saw it and goes, well, you got to buy that one, right? Because it looks like he could just put a coffee cup in the other hand and he would be walking down the street in Seattle. Dexter? Yeah, it it, um, it was it was pretty crazy. And then I bought the... Um, like, they have, based on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they have skins for Captain America, and I bought the one from Endgame and stuff like that. Because I was like, you know, I've been spending money on this. The devs have just been being paid for me spending $60. And that's the thing. If you don't have a problem with gambling, you don't have a problem with, you know, like, you can turn it off. Because I know some people can't. It's just bad anyway. But if you can turn it off and you want to give them a few bucks, do it. If you find value in playing Magic the Gathering, go, hey, I'm going to buy into this tournament. Hopefully I win if I not. You know, I've been playing this game for 10 or 20 hours. I've been playing it for free. I might as well give it some the bucks. for other players, and, and you're supporting Wizards of the Coast. And, and I don't have a problem supporting Wizards of the Coast, right? Like, over the last few years, they've been doing a ton of improvement in, like, active work in Dungeons & Dragons. Um, Magic the Gathering, in my, my eye, has made a huge resurgence in the last mm-hmm. um, probably 10 years. Like, it never really fully went away. But I started playing Magic in 96 or 7. Yeah, you beat me. I mean, I, I've known about Magic for years, but I only played a couple years ago. I think, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. And, and D&D, too, has had problems in the past with, uh, you know, um, um, inclusivity and um, diversity. But mm-hmm. I've been listening to the official podcast for probably like a year, and they have done a great job of bringing uh, different voices in. Uh, they've had uh, trans uh people you know trans uh gaming groups that have come on and spoke about their gaming groups they've had the one group i love called uh the black halflings and it's all uh african-american players that all play halfling characters (laughs) that are in a campaign together uh they've had all these people that are marginalized on and they they want to hear about stuff like that they've had people on that use D D as as uh social skills in junior high and high school with kids that have problems with um, that are ADHD or have, um, I, well, I mean, how, how long has geek culture, nerd culture been considered, uh, a bastion of white men? Yeah. Right? I know. And the reality of it is, is that's not true. Like there's so many different people. They're just really poorly represented and, and definitely representation has been increasing substantially, um, in the last decade. Um, more and more and more women um, are getting yeah. into it and a lot of the misogyny in in the white male centric geek culture is getting called out uh, it's being shouted down uh, I, I specifically think of places like Comic-Con, Sakura-Con right. yeah. um, where you know there was so much harassment of female cosplayers for years and that's starting to finally be fought back against pretty heavily um, I remember exists, yeah I remember one year I went to PAX and it was like one year I went and they had like the booth babe and yeah. I got pictures with him because I was like oh that's cool and then I remember there was one year I think it was the next year I went they had it again and there was just something in my brain that it just felt weird where I walked up to the first woman and was I recognized she was a character in a game I played an online game I think it was Champions Online it's some superhero MMO um and I recognized her, but she was dressed exactly like the game, and it was like she was wearing a bikini almost, and she looked miserable. And I asked for her photo, and the moment I walked over to her, and she goes, yeah. And we took the photo. I instantly was like, I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Like, th- this is not. And I, it was weird. It was like that around that time. It was almost like the industry was like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have booth babes anymore. This looks terrible. You know what I mean? Like, the, it and it was it's one of those things where you're like, yeah. Growing society, growing culture, like we're beginning to recognize that this kind of, um, uh, what's the commoditization of the female form isn't yeah. okay, but it's yeah. pervasive for decades in geek culture. Yeah. Look at comic books. Oh. For so long in the 70s and 80s, um, comic books, cartoons, anime, 
video games, just like everywhere. And it's, it's starting to improve. Representation is starting to improve. You know, obviously there's a balance in it, but it's been so far one way for so long yeah. um, that you're starting to see that. And hopefully this is a pivot point for the gaming industry to finally kind of get dragged into growing up. Because my guess is Activision and Blizzard and Ubisoft are some of the oldest names, mm-hmm. and the culture is uh, built into their foundation. Like, yeah, I, al- I also want to see... I also want to rooting management. They're not going to get rid of it. Yeah, I also want to see how long the walkout, because they released a statement on Twitter. One of the representatives for the walkout, it was like they didn't want to be named. Obviously, they probably talked together and released a statement, and they basically said, "Hey, we're not done yet." Uh, so I want to know how long the walkout's going to last. There was a developer that develops for World of Warcraft. He tweeted out a few days ago. He said, "Hey, just to let you guys know, like we're not working on World of Warcraft. Like everybody's." heads down trying to figure out how we want to move forward so like it's not helping the shareholder like he mentioned that it's not helping us it's not helping the players it's not helping the shareholders we're literally just staring at our monitors trying to figure out like what to do basically i'm paraphrasing but he's basically like we're not working on the game you know and and i think you know people are gonna have to like i said i kind of came up with a thing in my mind i still want to um support the developers but i also want to support you know, the developers have a voice to speak. So if that means me giving to an organization, then I'll do that. Uh, there's a new uh, Harry Potter game coming out that is coming under a lot of fire because J.K. Rowling has said some really terrible things and people don't know which way to go because obviously Harry Potter is this massive franchise and she has, in the past year, said some really, really terrible things about people. And so people don't know how to respond to that, um, you know. So that's another thing. That is happening. And my thing is like, well, I want to play the game because I want to support the people that develop the game. It looks pretty good. Uh, but maybe I'll give to an organization that J.K. Rowling hates. Um, so maybe she's active. She's basically saying anti-trans things like over and over and over again. And so a lot of people have been like, well, I don't really know what to do okay, with this information. Yeah. They're like, I don't know what to do about this. But my thing is like, well, the only thing I can do is these developers look like I saw a trailer. The game looks amazing. It's for new consoles. I think it's for PC. You get to play it. What is it? An order? One of the the Ministry of Magic police officers, basically, tracking down dark magic. It seems pretty cool. I mean, she's been paid her royalty in one way or the other. Right. You so that's where the game doesn't affect that. But I see right. where you're going with like, okay, maybe I'll give some money to something. Yeah, else maybe I'll she, buy the game and then maybe I'll give some to some charity that basically if she hates this charity, then I'm on the right track. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess. Oh, great irony. J.K. Rowling, who was loved so much for all of her inclusivity, opens up on one that, thing and now she is a pariah. But that's a that's the thing is like, I think I heard the best thing from a comedian. He said, you know. I realize that I'm an old white man and some things aren't about me and they aren't for me, so I don't need to talk about them. If I don't understand something where I'm kind of lost, I can just shut up. <laughs> and I could just be like, and that's all she had to do is be like, well, I don't really get what's going on, so I'm just going to read and sit back. Like, she's literally in a mansion. Uh, well, I mean, she doesn't ever have to speak again and she's set for the rest of her life, so... Yeah, and, and, and that's my thing. If you don't know what's going on or... There's a lot of stuff in the world I don't understand, but I try to read about it. I don't make fun of rocket scientists because I don't understand rocket science. You know what I mean? I'm not on message boards going, those dumb guys at women, whoever at NASA, they don't know what they're doing. It's like, who are you again? Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any Matt sense, you know? Damon. Yeah. I only say that because of... The Martian, which was a fantastic movie, and Matt Damon did a great job as he did a he did a great job. Uh, I did hear criticism of the movie, but it was a great movie. So, um, but I think that wraps it up. I think I'll do the outro later. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Evan? And do you want to plug anything before we leave? Uh, you know, um, it's just a really unfortunate thing. Uh, I, I'm not at risk of buying another Blizzard game anytime soon. So well, they're, they're not, not going to come out anything with like for another two, three years. So you got time to think about. They're not going to get any of my money before they have plenty of time to really work on this within their culture. Depending on kind of what comes out, the, re- the reality of it is, is no matter what the lawsuit decides, their staff leaving them and walking out, and the public opinion is going to hit them in the bottom line way harder than the lawsuit probably will. Yeah. Um, if it turns out to be true, even more so if they don't respond properly yeah. in kind. Uh, and so 
you know, hopefully if it's true, the and I'm, again, inclined to believe it probably is, uh, justice is dealt out for the employees and the staff that had to deal with that. The people that are responsible are removed. The culture is, is rooted out. Changing culture in a company that size is really hard and slow, but you start by taking out the leaders well, that allow it. It's it's not that hard and slow if like people have pointed out Bobby Kotick really didn't say anything until the stock dropped by like eight points and then he released a statement going, We hear you guys loud and clear and we have a law firm coming in. If he loses enough money, I mean if he loses enough money for the company, these shareholders, I don't know what steps they would take. They, the board they would oust him. Yeah, they, the board would oust him, and, and they'd start jettisoning people. Like that, That's the thing with the, the Ubisoft letters. They said, hey, we understand change takes time, but it doesn't take a year. You could have let these people go, and we could have started cycling in new people. You know what I mean? Um, like, it, it, it takes way longer than a year to change a culture in a company, but it oh, doesn't yeah. take a year to fire the people who are allowing right. it to happen. Right. That's, I think and, that's more their point then. And that sends a message. When you start firing those people, that tells everyone underneath them that they were maybe protecting, like, hey, you can't keep doing this because you're next. Wait, right? I hate to bring up Friends, uh, but there was an episode of Friends when Monica was a head chef and no one listened to her. And Joey was working in the kitchen to make extra money. And he got an acting job and no one listened to Monica. They didn't think she had enough power or responsibility because she was a woman. And Joey said, listen, I know nobody listens to you, but I got an acting job and I haven't told anybody. When I'm going to talk back to you tomorrow. Just fire me. Because if you fire me in front of everybody, everybody will do what you say because they'll see that you actually have power. You know, And that's exactly what happened. He mouthed off on her and she said, get out. And he walked out, and then everybody went back to work. And that's what you need. You need those people that were messing up to be like, you're gone, and you're gone, and you're gone, and this isn't acceptable, you know? Hey, does anybody want an office? You know, like, they start walking down the hall going, right. we got, like, four offices open. You've been bumped, you know? Like, it's it's one of those things, so. So hopefully, like, this is a, a pivoting point kind of for the industry as a whole. Uh, it, it's good to hear that there are smaller developers that are doing things like no crunch time for developing the game. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to crunch time in a proper application and where employees are properly uh, compensated for it. I'm 100% against it when it's an expectation of your job and it's lorded right. over you. There's even uh, a term past crunch that I've heard being called the death march. So it means like crunch oh. is like, uh, let's say crunch is six months. Like yeah. Cyberpunk that came out recently last November, they were in crunch for like a year. So like it's basically just sustained crunch for longer than a few months uh but many developers inside the project called it a death march meaning that they're just crunching six days a week you know they in in poland where cyberpunk was developed they have to pay them hourly but developers just saying you know we've all said this you work overtime yeah it's good to get extra money but like being at home is nice too and not you know what I mean? What am I going to do with all this money when all I'm doing is working? You know, like, so the developers were like, yeah, I'm getting compensated, but like, that's not the point. Like, this isn't going to make the game better. And, yep. you know, we're, we're chasing bugs at this point that we create. So it's not helping anything. Anyway, I mean, you and I could talk for a while. I think you have to leave, right? You have a heart out. Yes. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I'll do the outro later. But what do you want to plug, Avin, before we leave? Uh, you know, I have uh, kind of my side hustle, youragentguide.com. Mm -hmm. It's a real estate referral business that helps people find professional, talented real estate agents in their area. Um, and then uh, I have another podcast that I actively participate in called The Grief of Politics. I've I heard do of that, that one. podcast with uh, Joseph Carlson, who's also on this <laughs> podcast with me today. Well, um, I wanted to have you on this show because I keep talking about it, and then this came up. I was like, this is kind of perfect for us because we always talk about politics and stuff like that. And, so. and this one's a little bit less divisive. I think you know, you and I see a lot more eye to eye on this one. The unionization part, maybe not quite 100%, but... I, well, they're I not perfect, but it's something, right? Yep. So anyway, uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. back yeah we recorded that uh a week ago actually Avin and i and um so that was basically our talk about activision blizzard uh and thanks for joining me everybody uh actually i don't again i've said this before i don't like to talk about uh next week but because of the fallout from activision blizzard many things changed since we recorded that and that's kind of going to be 
episode 117. Uh, so just to remind you guys, though, this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com. Monday morning at 7 a.m., go there. You could subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes, uh, the podcast app, Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it now, or the Google Play Store. So go there. Give me the reviews, the likes, the stars, how I can improve, stuff like that. Or you can write me an email at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter at JustLittleJoe. Uh, I'll get better about promoting this episode, I swear. Um, or, you know, this podcast in general. But, um, yeah, so uh, Avin did plug our other podcast, uh, The Grief of Politics. Go there if you like politics. If not, you don't have to. Um, and I think with that, uh, again, episode 117 will be the fallout, uh, basically, from Activision Blizzard and what's going on. Uh, because, again, we recorded this kind of as it was breaking. And then things change. So uh, I just want to have more of the story. So I will see you guys next week and be safe. Bye. Thank you.